Hey there, this is Mike Tramb, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today is a singer and a songwriter who you might know best as the lead vocalist for the 80s band White Lion, but let me tell you, there is so much more to know about this gentleman. So please welcome Mike Tramp. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for that introduction. I, I started thinking about that in, in the 80s, you were never introduced as a songwriter. No, you weren't. And you definitely make your career as a singer-songwriter. Definitely. Before anything else. Look, if I was a singer-songwriter, I would want people to know that I wrote my own songs. Uh, there's many vocalists that I love, like, and I don't know that people know that they write their own songs. Like Eddie Money, who sadly is, is gone, but he wrote his own songs. And I, I sometimes people don't get the credit for all their talent. They only get credit for one talent. Well, even, even though I don't really want our our interview to 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 have have much to do about the eighties. Obviously, the eighties is where most people know me from, but it just didn't seem to be an important subject back then. It was more about you know your your look, you know the sound of the band and the and the stage show and and as 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 flashy as you could be both wordly or or on stage. And I think I think a lot of people just eventually got caught up in that because there weren't really other choice. You know, it's like you're yeah. not going to go against the grain when when the rest is seem to you know be functioning quite well. Just doing interviews where you basically say nonsense all all, <laughs> and and the second you started talking serious, it's like they went next. You know, um, and 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 so. So with time, I think there, you know, it got split, uh, maybe not 50-50, but it got split. And I just sort of uh, returned to who I am as a human being, who I am as a person, mm -hmm. and also how I started up as a, as a singer, songwriter, uh, campfire guitar player. Um, I never set out to be a rock star. I never actually set out to be part of the music um, scene. It just happened. And I <laughs> fell into this band that were 10 years older than me. And from day one on, I took it deadly serious and I started learning my craft. And every year I saw myself improve. But, you know, probably about 20 years down the road, I started saying, I feel like I'm getting a grab of it now. <laughs> Well, I have to be honest, um, the new music that you're making, it's so good. If I can, if I can do an, a comparison for people in, in, um, in the United States here, I, I believe it's what John Bon Jovi has been trying to do with his later work. I don't more roots rock, more guitar oriented, kind of pushing that big 80s stuff as far in the rear view mirror as possible. I mean, I believe that's what you're doing and, um, and I'm loving it. 
Yeah, I'm going to say something now which might not be as popular with some as it, as, <laughs> as it would be with others. Um, I don't honestly think that what you're talking about is John Bon Jovi's roots. Mm -hmm. They are my roots. Yes. And, and when I go back and I listen to the cassette tapes, when I started writing the early versions of the White Lion songs, which, which of course, you know, the day after Vito and I would be sitting and he would start be playing the big guitar chords and stuff like that, and the songs would be turned into the sound of White Lion, et cetera, et cetera. But when, for the past 10 years, when I've been going around the world with just an acoustic guitar, um, I bring the songs back down to a without taking anything away from some of my heroes, which of course would be both Dylan Springsteen and Neil Young. Mm -hmm. When I take those songs back to basic campfire guitar playing, you got a melody and you got a guitar that sort of supports the melody. And I have since 95, when I started my solo career and now 12 albums later on, I have never departed from that. Right. There is nothing new in what I'm doing, and it's not groundbreaking, but it it's 100% Mike Tramp, and every song deals about my life, gotcha. how I see the world, what I've experienced, where I might be going or where I might not be going. Well, look, you just said you wanted to be honest, and I have to tell you that there is an honesty in all of this, all of your music. I mean, you're not afraid to be uh, political. You're not afraid to talk about issues and, or you're just not afraid to write a fun rock and roll song either, but it's, um, it's fantastic. Now, so here's what happened a couple, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, white lion song came on the radio and I thought, Oh, uh, that might be interesting to talk to Mike tramp. I wonder what he's been up to. And then I Google you and just a world opens Mike for me. The first thing I buy is um, second time around. I'm like, oh, this is his newest album in 2020. Who, I didn't even know you had an album out in 2020. And then I just start to go, and you've had like an album like every two or three years for like the past, <laughs> I don't know, 10 years. And, um, and I bought every single album, Mike. And this has been like my summer playlist. I can't believe it. And it's... It's sad to me that I didn't have these albums when they originally came out, but that's the great thing about music. It doesn't go away. I mean, you're, re you're really touching on, on, on a both a great, but also interesting and also sad. Uh, yes, it's all of it. You hear, because the thing is, I am very realistic and I'm very aware, even though it's not going to affect my songwriting and, and me recording and producing my right. own album. But I'm very aware that it's basically impossible for me to to break mainstream or even half mainstream yeah. today's world. Um, it's just the way it's just the way it is. I mean, I've been very fortunate that a lot of people have been coming to my club shows as, as I've been touring around the world, and those that have come are the ones that have chosen to continue the path together with me. Right. Well, I, well, my job today is I want to, I want to start a new path today is what I want to do with this, with this show, because, you know, I've been telling my friends about 
Mike Tramp music for the past couple months. And they're like, I didn't even know there was new Mike Tramp music. And again, like you said, it's sad, but let's fix it. Let's try to fix it a little bit. This second time around album kicks off perfectly with this song, All My Life. What a, a what a fantastic song. Searching high, searching low. Read every book so I would know. Took a chance when no one dared. Gambled all my life. Call it bluff and call it cool. Play guitar and skip and school. Running wild with blazing guns. Show them who is king. Restless hide. Right from the start. Yeah, that's one of those massive songs. I mean, you know, I, at, at times, you know, I I, I, you know, I called it my own born run, not not to I not to take anything away from my song or anything away from Springsteen's, but it it just seems so natural. I mean, I don't I don't sit and try to come up with ideas. My songs are an extension of 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 who I am. When mm-hmm. I pick up a guitar. And I start playing. I mean, I ne- I never sat down and tried to learn "Stairway to Heaven" or "Black Dog" or 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 "You Really Got Me." I pick up an acoustic guitar from the case, and I start writing a song instantly. And it's been like that through my entire year. I mean, sometimes I just put the guitar back in the case because I says, you know, I don't want to write right now. Right. But that's what happens. I never sit and just play. So. That's sort of just the way it is. And um, at the same time, of course, I have carried the White Lion backpack since 91 when I broke up the band and ended the band in, in September 2nd uh, and, 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 and continued from there. It was, it was a calling that I needed to move on. It yeah. was almost like... It was like the 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 due time was up for me to to move move on with, with with something you know different than what the eighties had been. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, of course, Vito and I could have written another great album, and possibly if the band had spoken a little bit more like an entity or my, like a business, mm-hmm. we could possibly maybe have found a way to survive through the grunge area and the, and all those kind of things that didn't happen. Yeah. So it naturally, it was something I felt naturally that I have to move on. Yeah. There's something that tells me, you know, I got to write something different. Yeah, I think I think you needed to step away from that. No, take, that's okay. Yeah, and take a break, and then and then not reinvent yourself because you're telling me this has always been you, and then and then just come out and doing it uh, the way you want to do it as a solo artist. Yeah, I mean everybody everybody understands the concept of 
of a mixing board, you know, where you have, you know, anywhere from 24 to 48 faders. Each fader represents a certain instrument or stuff like that. It's like once you start pulling all the faders down and, and there's two faders left, that's me and my acoustic guitar. It's it's just what it is. If you brought up the other faders, you would hear the you know you would maybe hear white line and stuff like that. But yeah. once it's me, I haven't necessarily gone out and changed. Right. I have I have matured from the first white line album to the last one, and once that was over, I wanted to take the songs down. Also because Vita was an was an exceptional guitar player, and and I wanted White Lion, the sound of White Lion, to be remain on the four albums we did. Yes, I, I respect your decision. I think it was a, I think it was a good one for you personally. And, and the new music, uh, it proves it. I mean, the stuff you're doing now proves it. I love this line in All My Life, uh, pussy whipped and chicken shit. When the road got tough, they quit. I mean, that one just, that one just jumped right out at me. I loved it so much. Broken down, not giving up. At the bottom, but on top. Left for dead, but still alive. Coming back for more. I mean, you know, you know, there, there's nothing better. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not blowing in the wind, but it, it, it's, there are facts. There are facts of, of players that I've dealt with all my life. People want to be rock stars, you know, but it, they're really just whenever it's, it's suitable for them. Right. Um, and, and I, I simply just look back at, at 15 and a half years old, I depart my mom's apartment and move into the band's house. And from that day on until today, I have been on my own, made my own money, never looked back. I've been down at the deepest pit of hell. And I've been, and I played Madison Square Garden. And I've been, you know, I've been, you know, hanging out with Ozzy and I hanging out with Steven <laughs> Tyler. And I've, you know, I've met, you know, many great people. But I've never changed along the uh, the road. I've just matured and grown. Let me ask you about you uh, personally. You're you're in Denmark. Yeah, that's where you've made your home all your life, pretty much. No, I, I moved to the U.S. in '82 and mm-hmm. lived there for 21 years. Oh, okay. And and then um, then in um, in '90 at the end of '99, uh, together with my first wife and and our, uh, our six year old son, we moved to Tasmania, the, the the last island on the face of the earth. Before okay. you hit. And it was just one of it was just a confusing time. She was originally from Australia, about you know making a move. And then starting fresh again. And that's been sort of the story of my life. If something is not working there, I make drastic steps. Okay. And this probably was the most drastic step I've ever taken. Because we end up on an island, which is part of Australia, that, that is as feral 
as you could imagine. <laughs> and it was great in the beginning because I'm really a, an outdoor man. I love the land right now. You know, I have my own farm in Denmark and stuff like that. So I, it was great. But after a while, I realized that I'm also a rock and roller. Yeah. And I write songs and I tour. And it's basically how I've survived uh, for 45 years in this business. So then I started going back to the U.S. again and touring and stuff like that. And it, it, and it was it was that time when it was in between the changing of the guards. It's almost like the business weren't really ready for me to come back or something like that. And I got discouraged. Yeah. Little by little, I um, started then viewing, you know, Europe and I started touring there and they, they were more open to something. I realized that, that the European were, were a little bit more dedicated to history, mm-hmm. um, rock and roll history. I mean, you know, that, the, you know, for example, the German audience, they really follow you. They own every album. They have all the everything with you. So they, they really, you know, follow this growth that you've gone through. So bit by bit, I started building the solo career. Gotcha. Another song on second time around that hit me was the song called Anymore. This is this is a heartbreaker, but I, yeah, I mean that's you know I mean there are many ways. I mean the first song Vito and I wrote was called Broken Heart. Yeah, and that's just classic, you know, left hand rock and roll lyrics. I met a girl, now she left. What's left? Right. Nothing more. You don't really say anymore. You know, no no big statements. No no great interaction between lyrical and stuff like that you know i would have to grow and a a song like anymore is 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 just about realizing the fact that we don't laugh anymore yeah we don't talk anymore and it's always this thing about you know holding on to nothing because we own the car together exactly it's nobody's got the force that says you know it's not the point if we have a child together or something like that. You and I cannot live in the same house. Right. Now, was this uh, was this written from, a, a, well, obviously from some experience sometime in your life? It is. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're writing a song like this and the lyrics are coming, do you do you ever do you ever does does the song actually ever make you sad as you're writing it? I think it's actually my therapy because mm-hmm. here's a, here's a, a little bit of a revelation. Um, for the last 17 years, my current wife, 
which I have two children with, two phenomenal children, stuff like that. It's probably been the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. Um, first of all, it, it's really, it's a, it's a very unusual thing because we almost have never lived together. Okay. And, and it's going to require another podcast to explain that. <laughs> Obviously, the love was there that we wanted to do, but every time I got pushed together, she's from Indonesia. She lives in Jakarta, Indonesia, and that's where my children are right now. Okay. Our children, we have almost not seen each other for one and a three-quarter year. Because of the COVID. Yes, because of the pandemic, sure. So, since I met her, there are probably about five or six songs on every album, which is about us. It's just, it's, it's, and I don't, I, I, I just write it because it's almost like a diary. It's almost like just telling myself that these issues are, 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 are alive and kicking good or bad mm -hmm. i think sometimes getting it out and i even talk to the audience on stage about it and stuff like that and i've just chosen that from the beginning i want to just be right open with everything there there's no secrets and i feel really good about that i can face the issues that way now, let me ask you a very honest question since you haven't seen your wife in in this long because of covid and things are your feelings, are you longing for her or are you feeling like, eh, I'm okay with not seeing her? I mean, how does well, that I've, work? I've always been a survivor. I've always been the goodbye man, the one who always left. I've always been the one who said goodbye to my parents, my brothers, mm -hmm. everywhere in the world. I was the one who had to get up the next morning and move on. Yeah. So I'm hardcore in that way. I mean, I can, I can survive by myself. But what I realized through 17 years being together, that we are together. Okay. And now it's a quest more about making this together and showing that even, even during the hardest times, mm -hmm. when there is real love and real love is not thing is, is not Valentine's day or necessarily a great sexual relationship. It just means that the bond is unbreakable. Right. Excellent. And that's, more when I'm where I'm just realizing that this comes once in a life and you're put together with someone that you are meant to go the distance with. Another thing I've noticed with your um, with your songs is you're not trying to write just a three minute pop song. You're not afraid to let the song breathe and just be the length that it turns out to be. You know what I mean? Because you have some you have some very long songs but they don't feel long. It's not like, oh, this is a seven-minute song. Uh, am I gonna be am I gonna be sick of it after four minutes? I'm gonna say yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I've kind of made it and now. I mean, again, I'm really truthfully uh, thankful for you uh, picking up all my albums. You will see that um on most of them, almost the opening track will be some sort of, of an epic. You can just go back to coming home from the al al you know from the album uh, maybe tomorrow or no one told you there'll be days like this counting all you have and what you miss no one told you how to get away 
but even go further back, all the way back to 2003, when I re released the album More to Life Than This. There's a song, there. the title track is More to Life yep. Than This, which goes through three massive verses, which talks about basically, you know, the Columbine High Massacre yep. through, you know, the, you know, uh, the suffering of the farmers in America, and then the, and then the the, the the demise of of rock and roll in the third verse, and 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 the chorus goes, "There's got to be more to life than this," and it's just one of those things. It's it's a journey. And that's how you're right. That's how these songs feel too. These these songs are a journey from start to finish, but they're so satisfying. Yeah, not to forget, you know, on on the previous album, uh, "Stray Stray from the Flock," "No End to War." That's an eight minute epic. I start with. Yes, that's the kickoff track. Hear the cries of a million children. And that's kind of ballsy. I mean, if I could say so, some people might put that if it was an album, maybe at the end of side one, or maybe, maybe the last track, but you put it right out there, you know, take it or leave it. And I love it. Well, I mean, I've already written wait, I've already written little fighter or right. tell me when the children cry. Now it's, it's like, as an author or, or as a, a film director or stuff like that, you know, or one of my favorite both actor and director is a Clint Eastwood, you know, and, you know, he had his movies along the way. And now in his life, maybe over the last 20 years, man, when Clint comes with a movie, there are serious movies, man. Yeah. I mean, they go deep. They go deep. There is a deep point to it. And I just think. I just think it's great that that someone will go that you know you're not just doing you know um, just a quick 
Hollywood blockbuster, <laughs> you know, right. where you know that, but you, you do one with all twists and turns and, and surprises and stuff like that. And do you think that comes with age? Like you're, you, you need to, you start thinking about things more. You start to think about, you know, how long will we be on this planet? And then, so the songwriting, you know, you embrace the seriousness. Well, it does for Mike Tramp. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem to do that for David Coverdale or Paul Stanley. (laughs) Right. But, but, you know, they have their right. I have my right. right. I just, honestly, I feel a little out of place trying to be the one I was yeah. in 1988, just to pick a year in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I also have said to many people after, of course, over a period of 25 years, that there would never be a reunion or so or so. And, and people keep asking and hinting at it. And I go, you obviously do not res- respect or read what it is that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you almost put me in a position that I have to come out and say something like this. I can't be my tramp. Right. 1988 that I don't want to be him is another story, but I can't reproduce that vocal. Right. And I can't, I can't shake my ass like that. It doesn't feel natural to me anymore. Yeah. It almost feels strange. Right. And, and you, you know, look, I love Paul Stanley. I love David Coverdale, but yes, it gets to be a little bit silly at a certain age. It does. I, it does. It does because I think at times you, you forget about that. You know, I mean, when I look at my audience, who, you know, I have a couple coming up to me and, oh, you know, I met my wife listening to Wade at a concert when you were supporting ACDC. Mm-hmm. And now they're there, their parents, the three kids, and they and 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 now they identify with me singing about life. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to stand up there and talk about, you know, sex. And put the spandex on never was one of those guys anyway who did about that i hate tongue-in-cheek sexual lyrics after you're 22 it you know it's just one of those after that you start having some sort of responsibility right so so. and i i just think it's 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 lame songwriting when you can you know come up with because still of the night will always be there on that great rock album yeah and you know, a kitten got claws, or, or you know, Detroit <laughs> Rock City, or you know, which happens to be one of the more serious Kiss songs. But I don't want to hear "Heavens on Fire" written today right. for somebody seven years old. I think I think that the Stones were capable of presenting the same kind of song or the meaning, but just in a different way. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. Let's talk about uh, your first proper solo album, 1997 Capricorn. This was about six years after the last white lion album. And uh, just some amazing songs on this. Uh, Have you ever is another one of these gut punches from Mike Tramp.
your mother that she was more than God and for all the lives she gave you you would give her twice as much have you ever told your father you were angry that he left and when both of you got older did you tell him you'd forgive yes I have It sure is. It sure is. And, 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 and sometimes I wonder, just like I wondered when I look back and sitting in 19, 1985, living in my manager's house and I'm home one day by myself sitting with the acoustic guitar writing and I write when the children cry. And this is nice. You know, this is a story, of course, I've told a million times, but the point is, Ronald Reagan is the president. America was probably at its strongest point. I'm sure there's a couple of people that come come out and say, oh, there's something wrong in, in Albuquerque or something like that. But overall, America was feared around the world. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was a, it was also the best decade for rock and roll business. When you went to a concert, people were happy and stuff. It was just a great, great feeling. Me, of course, being, being you know, a foreigner, I lived there now for, for, for three years. I sit and write a song with lyrics like, no more precedent and all the wars will end. A song that is more current today and more in place than it was when MTV was at its peak. Little child You must show the way To a better day For all the young Cause you were born For the world to see That we're all can live With love and peace No more presidents And all the wars will end One united world Under God When the children cry Let them know we try Cause when the children sing Then the new And at the same time, when I write Have You Ever for the first solo album, I make some statements that just comes to me naturally without trying to be clever. And it is it is asking my father why he left and also saying that I've forgiven him. It's, it is telling my mom that she's greater than God because she gave me life and the freedom. And it's also telling my first wife, you know, about, you know, caring, bringing our first child into the world. Yeah. 
And last, have you ever held a loaded gun to your head? You know, in third verse, and, and did you ever tell your friends that they mean everything to you? It's just statements that are part of my life. You know, but you put all that stuff together in a song and it, it hits a nerve and, you know, and it probably helps it. A song like that, I feel like it helps people because maybe they yeah. hear, they hear what you're saying and then maybe they go and rectify some things that are wrong with their life. Does that make sense? All the way, all the way. I mean, because life is after all life. Right. And it's, you know, no matter who you are, where you are, it could be different, but the, but the main ingredients to life is, is sort of, you know, I mean, right now for the last two years, most of the world has just lived by one word, survive. Right. Yeah. You know, there's no other point right now. Like I talked to my wife, we're surviving. Yeah. We're not doing, I mean, I'm, I'm creating a lot of stuff. I've um, taken two years now and really doing a lot of work on my farm and it's great. I got a lot of great music and so on and so forth, but I'm hanging in there. I'm surviving. And who are you with Mike? Are you, you're not, are you alone? Are you totally alone? Yeah. My brother has a farm just down the, just down the street. So, so you're seeing some people, you're not just a hermit. But I mean, no, no, I'm, I've never, never been a hermit, but at the same time, I love being by myself. Yeah. You like the solitude. Yeah. I, I, I was never a person that would come home. I never really were a nightlife person mm -hmm. being out. Again, I go to concerts and I go, you know, things like that, but I don't need anybody to lift my mood and stuff like that. Actually, I'm the kind of person that if you if you're together with me, let's do something that that gives us some sort of like reward. Something that when we're done, we go, "Wow, that felt great." And what would one of those things be? Doing doing outside stuff. You know, I love I love nature, and, and of course, you know, with, with with a large farm and, and and things like that. My brother my brother has cattle. I don't have cattle. I don't want any animals on on my farm. You know, it's just it's just mo much more. But but just overall something that that brings two people together where you feel each other's heartbeat. And it's just a, not just a lot of you know bullshit. You know, right. watching watching you know a, a, a mini series and just you know eating popcorn. Gotcha. Uh, sadly, that's what I do a lot of, but <laughs> that I also, um, I, I read, I read probably a book once a week. I mean, I have a large, you know, um, a library of books, most mostly nonfiction, mm -hmm. mostly free and, and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a 9-11 scholar. I have almost 300 books on it. I have everything that exists on 9-11. I'm members. I'm member of, of pilots for the 9-11 truth, architects of the 9-11 truth. That is just something um, that I told myself, I'm not going to my grave with, with someone trying to tell me or sell me a lie. And it's just something that I've been battling and, and it, it's, it's frustrating seeing, you know, that how quickly, um, everybody just accepted a, a false story. And, and just like in many ways, they're doing the same thing with Corona. 
you seem to have uh, quite uh, an affinity for for the states without still living here. You're you're you a piece of your heart is definitely still here. The states is and will always be my greatest love. I miss the country to death. I regret leaving, uh, losing my um, citizenship. My, is it? Yeah, I didn't. I had a I, I had a green card and stuff like that. Okay. But when I moved to Australia, I forgot that I needed to come ba- back uh, every year, you know, to maintain it. Nevertheless, the journey was about the journey. Um, I love everything, but with that being said, at the same time, for the last two to three years, I'm act. I'm absolutely disgusted with what's going on in the country. And and I can, um, I'm not one of those looking for massive changes. I th- thought that the American way was something very unique. And and I I deal with life in the way that there are two kinds of people on this earth: good people and bad people. And there's no color, creed, or race to either of those two. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're a bad person, you're a bad person. And I respect history. And I think that history has to be around to remind us what was once. And and a statue that might represent something bad will always be a statue reminding us that this was a time we don't want to go back to removing a statue erases that it once was there. And that's just how I am. I don't have a problem with, 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 with driving my car on the right side. I don't have a problem stopping at the red light. I don't have a problem paying for stuff in the stores. I have a problem with people using lame excuses to 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 do wrong things gotcha that is, that is as as politically <laughs> as i can say it but i think you understand what, I, what i'm trying to say is that it's not necessarily that i take political sides right i just don't agree with where we're heading gotcha and um i'm just trying to figure out how to pivot back into music <laughs> but it, it all is because yeah, yeah. i can't I can't do music. Right. Um, safe way. Right. Because, because if you, yeah, because that's what, that's what Paul Stanley and David Coverdale are doing. Um, just writing. Well, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know, I know I, I open Pandora's box, right there. It's, I'm just saying that, that my rock and roll is my life. Right. The songs represents me. It, it's like, it's like my battle cry. It's my last stand. It's my eulogy. It's my, you know, you know, what, whatever you might call it. Well, it's um, when I listen to it, it's it's totally authentic, and there it's no bullshit, and um, it you're do I can tell you're do, you're writing these songs for you, and you're hoping that people come along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm even even already with songs like "Little Fighter" and stuff like that, which, which strangely enough, which most most White Lion fans, at least in America, were never aware 
that this was a, a song that I wrote about a little fishing trawler called the Rainbow Warrior belonging to the Greenpeace, which the French government blew up down in New Zealand in 1978. And I just thought about it, it was kind of like David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. But so many times during my life, I've had people in wheelchairs, I've had veterans come up and say, this is my song. Yeah. This is, and I say, yes, it is. It is your song. And that's what my songs are about. I cry Well, yeah, Little Fighter is fantastic, and it does take on. You can you can be the person in the song. It doesn't necessarily have to be. If I wrote Sunday, you can make it Saturday. Be the person in the lyric. It's about life. Right. You insert yourself into the song. You become whatever character you want. And yeah, Little Fighter, to me, I didn't know the story of Little Fighter that you just told me, but I always just thought it was about the underdog. So in a way, yeah. that's what it is. It- case it was you know you know a couple of hippies wanting to to kind of make the world a better place and you know they try to do anything they can with with the with the little weapons mm-hmm. with, with guns without bullets in and they get crushed by the big machine but 40 years later they're still fighting for the yeah. same cause across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I want to mention that uh, in doing research, uh, you're still popular in Denmark. Like in 2014, your album Museum goes to number three. I never messed around with drugs or drink a lot. Don't chase no skirt around the rainbow parking lot. I keep my weapons safe and loaded by my bed. This is the way I live and I have no regrets and I mind my own business. I'm just telling you.
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's I I can take a lot of credit and stuff like this and this stuff like that, but there was an, also an interesting story about that that the the years with the years when when most of the Danish artists um, got established and 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 made their stand and and their footprints in 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 the music business in Denmark. I was touring with ACDs in the U.S. and and I had forgotten that I came from Denmark. Uh-huh. By the time I came back, they'd also forgotten that I was around. So it's it it it's it's. It's I'm the one who left. I'm the one, you know, who was not afraid of falling on my ass. I'm the one who was not afraid of of having nothing as long as I had me and my rock mm-hmm. and roll. So now it's just a different world. And, and you know, I'm just happy that, you know, I mean, last week I played a bachelor party <laughs> for women and and two days later, I was playing, you know, a private party in a house out in the woods. And after two hours of standing there singing my songs, I felt so rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. So are you saying that when you, you came back to Denmark, you embraced uh, Denmark again, and then the country embraces you. And that's why your albums chart. Yeah. I mean, you know. The, the music business they ain't that big and stuff like that but i found my place yeah i found my place i'm still the underdog which is where i prefer to be i'm still the one that's a little dangerous sometimes because you know oh you know he he went all the way and and so on so because you know the 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 thing you were talking about before you know pussy whipped and chicken shit when the road <laughs> off the quit that's about danish musicians when i started playing with them and i started you know touring europe the second we got away from denmark and they started having to share hotel rooms and, and deal with being away from the safety net of, of back home yeah that's part of it you know i just says you do not know what it means to give your life to rock and roll to sell your soul to whoever it is you're selling it to. Right. The people that make it are the people that are willing to sleep on couches and, you know, ride in a van with five other guys and, and the hard times. And that way, then you appreciate the success. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there, there were, you know, there were the times when it was a couch. And then there was a time when there were a lot of, uh, single women that also had space for me in their beds. Like you took the good with the bad, right? <laughs> Those things. Um, it's all part of the journey. And, and, you know, you know, it's not too long ago. I, I, uh, I finished reading a book that I've been waiting to read a long time, you know, the road by Jack Kerouac, you know, and it's just, it's just one of those things. I, I was too young and, and and too much in the in in the world in a different world back then. But now as some as some uh, as some different place, I go back and read read the things that I always heard people talk about. Uh-huh. Things that were like key key things, you know, on the, on to life and stuff like that. And it's great to discover those kind of things. I want to go to uh, your album from 2019, Stray from the Flock. There's a song called Best Days of My Life, kind of a song about looking back at your youth. But as I was listening to it, I kind of felt that your best days might be right now. 
You know what? At least, I mean, if I had, if if I could just have one wish, it's twenty more years of how I am right now, with, with being able to be healthy, spend quality time with my children, and and things like that. Um, obviously, a lot of people who don't know my musical history after White Line will obviously thinking this is a song about you know, being on tour with Aerosmith and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's not how I took the song. When I heard it, I, that is not how I thought. Exactly. When when I refer to uh, the brotherhood on the music, I actually refer to a period of three years, which was from 92 to 95, when I had a band called Freak of Nature, which did two albums. There, I reach the peak of how high I could get musical experience. I'm not going to take away from how I feel now about my song, but being in a band, the ultimate brotherhood, how it was supposed to be, I experienced for two phenomenal albums with that band. So these guys, those guys were not pussy whipped and chicken shit then is what you're telling me. No, they weren't. But at the end of when the band broke up was because they were pussy whipped and chicken shit because they were 10 years younger than me. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I saw them lose energy. Gotcha. It's uh, yeah. You, I mean, you're, it's okay to say you're 60 years old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you, terrible if you would have, you know, uh, 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 to keep lying about those things. I know, but uh, you, you look, you look incredible. You look, you look vital, healthy. You got all your hair. You look fantastic, and you probably and you do all this outdoor stuff. So you probably feel, you probably feel great. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the thing, the thing is, 
I come from an abusive family. I grew up in a real tough neighborhood. My mom were, were alone with, with, with me and my two brothers. My mom were, you know, um, the head of, of, of a big bar in a local place. You know, you worked there all night. You know, I grew up in, in a house of smokers. I grew up, my, my, my older brother became an alcoholic and later on a, a, a drug user and it became his, his death, you know, many mm-hmm. years later on. I worked in a business, you know, where sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, you know, sometimes came in a different order, but I've never been in a band with drinkers and drug abusers. Mm-hmm. Um, my first band were non-drinkers and non-drug users. White Line were enjoy a couple of nice cold Budweiser's, mm-hmm. but no drugs whatsoever. So I've never been on that raid and, and, and I've never smoked in my life. I've never done drugs and so on. So it just didn't appeal to me. Yeah. And, and may, maybe I saw life a little bit more as an athlete. Um, I always, it was very important to how I felt the next morning. And, and, and I've had nightmares of how it would feel to be Lemmy when you wake up the next morning. It's, and, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to deal with that. So in that way, and maybe in fear of, of not being able to deal with that, sort of just kept me away from going that path. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, I've never done drugs. I've never smoked. And I don't know what that would feel like either. And I've never lived your rock and roll lifestyle either. But yeah, I just, um, smoking never appealed to me. None of that stuff ever appealed to me. I just, not my thing. Another song on Stray from the Flock, Die with a Smile on Your Face. Who's the female voice that's singing with you on this track? Yeah, that's that's my bass player's wife, and she also sing. Uh, and since you mentioned it, she she's been singing the only uh, background on my last sort of five solo mm-hmm. album, and, and you know also the you know second time around and stuff like that. Um, and and since I just mentioned my older brother, you know, he died with a smile on his face at age sixty three. Um, and, and that song is about him. But when you think in your head that you would only have three more years left on the planet, that's not, that's not happening with Mike Tramp. You know what I'm saying? Like your brother in three years, you'll be the age that your brother was yeah. when he passed. I was surprised he made it to 30, you know, and so on. So, you wow. know, it's just one, of those, you know, he, he was, you know, he was like Keith Richards partner in that way, you know? Uh, sometimes I just think that Keith Richard goes someplace and get his blood changed, and maybe sometimes <laughs> you know, the image is one way, but you know what you what, the dinner or whatever you drink in your hotel room. But yeah, I mean, but the thing was, he was the part, you know, the you know the you know the party everywhere we went, and he was on the road with me many times and stuff like that. And and the thing was, I wasn't there. 
I was in Jakarta, Indonesia with my wife when he died. And, you know, he said to my younger brother, well, at least I made it to 63. Wow. When all of uh, everyone I know, we want to, we want to live as long as possible. That's why every morning when he woke up, that's how he woke up. Yeah. Just reaching for a beer. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Well, it's sad. I don't even yeah. know how to say, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I mean, no, it is. It's just somehow he dealt with it and he was happy and he never complained only when he didn't have any money, which usually he didn't have, but he always, and he was super intelligent. He was a rock and roll fanatic. He was, he was like the, he was like the Guinea pig, you mm-hmm. know, before anybody else in the neighborhood made his own first tattoo, tried everything else became great friends with Ozzy Osbourne when he was on the road with me and stuff like that yeah. because Ozzy recognized him being real and no bullshit. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. Let me ask you this. When, when a family member doesn't have money and they, because I don't know, maybe they pissed it away. And if they come to Mike Tramp for help, I feel like you might, you're like kind of a hardcore guy in some ways. Do you help? Would you help people out? Or are you like, no, I've worked hard all my life. Why should I give money to you? Well, um, all through my life, I've been a bad businessman. I've, every contract that I've signed, I've always looked upon it as no paper will ever hold me. Gotcha. If I don't want to be here, I will just go walkabouts in the woods Meaning that I've seen and met a lot of stingy, cheap people. And I was more like, if I have, you will have. Nice. And and I have very little in, in the bank. I don't keep receipts and stuff like that. Mm. But I've lived a great life and you know what? It's just the way it is. I helped my family where I could. And, and, you know, so it's never been like that, but the people you talk about, I've met thousands of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Thing is I came from nothing. teeny apartment we never had a car we never had a shower in our apartment etc etc my mom never had anything etc but we were a family and 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 you know we were always happy and stuff like that and um i think the only thing i ask of my friends is basically like this 
I'm willing to die for you. Are you willing to die for me? <laughs> yeah, that's those are pretty tough requirements. <laughs> that is. Uh, when you, I, I, and, and again, this is just from listening to the lyrics and listening to all these recent albums. I feel like you're a guy, you don't look back and you don't look forward. You wake up and today's your day. Is that, is that yeah, true? My, no, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's just refreshing, you know, it's just refreshing for someone interviewing me who have actually done their some research and, and not just go Wikipedia or and 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 white lion stuff like that because I explain it this way that that Mike Tramp's life is the endless highway mm-hmm. and at times I pull off an exit and stop for a while that exit represents an album. And I'll sit there and I'll look back at where I've been. Yeah. And I'll look forward to where I might be going. And then, of course, I'm also in the present moment. And those usually will be the three sort of subjects of where I tell the story from on that current album, et cetera, et cetera. I want to ask you about a song on 2017's Maybe Tomorrow. It was, a, I believe it was a single for you. Uh, Would I Lie to You? You can think about it Or you can let me know If you ain't too sure about it And it's better that I go We can talk it over Now, for me, this song has hit written all over it. Have you tried to get some of the songs that you've written into the hands of, I don't know, I don't want to say younger pop stars, but into the hands of other people? Or when you write a song, is it just for you to sing? Yeah, no, no. Well, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, you know, or it's interesting enough that when you look back back to the 60s, of, of how, you know, when Dylan would release another song, you know, another band would record it also two weeks later and release it. It's just something that went on in the, in the 60s. Right. Yeah. Other people's songs. Um, you're right. That song is like a classic American FM hit song. Absolutely. And I, I could, I could see like, it's cause it's 20 years too late. You could definitely place it in another person's repertoire. Mm-hmm. I have not been lucky enough to have the kind of people who take my songs and introduce them to other people. So I just write the songs for me and, 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 you know, so-and-so. And then, and then I, um, 
I cherish when when the, there's someone like you is saying how I feel about the songs too. Well, I, well, it, it, look, it's my pleasure because I feel like I've been rewarded this whole summer listening to these albums. Uh, I also i I like the um I like the packaging and everything you're doing too. Like you have like a logo. It's like your name on a. It almost looks like a license plate kind of, and um, the pictures are very outdoorsy and they're very just natural. And uh, all the albums, I believe, are just 10 songs. And yep. uh, and everything about, you know, if I'm going to say marketing, which I hate the word, but it's just perfect to me. Like, I feel like you're doing everything right. Well, it's not so much the marketing as it is. I mean, all this you just mentioned is 100% me. Mm-hmm. All it is to me... Um, I can say it in, in, in a little like kind of like a comical way. This is my ACDC. This is my Iron Maiden, meaning I want people to feel when the next album comes that this is a continuation yes. journey. And and like I said early on, there's nothing groundbreaking in 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 my rock and roll. I am a torchbearer, I'm a continuation of my heroes. Um so I want you to feel comfortable uh, and familiar when you see this, like, like, you know, on the last five or six album, there's been a motor, me and a motorcycle on. And this again, is that this is an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. The endless highway where I am, it's, it's just, it's just another little thing to, to kind of like, you know, follow the songs up with some visual, you know, you know, pictures and things like that, that also sort of may in many ways, maybe explain, like sometimes you, 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 you buy a book and you see a cover, but there's nothing in, you know, there's nothing in that has to do with the cover. I want you to feel that you almost hear the music when you see the picture. Yep. Well, that's, that's the, yeah, the imagery is perfect because it, it goes right along with what's, uh, what's inside uh, the CDs and albums. And Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your label there in Denmark, it's Target. Is it the? See, when I say Target, people think of a the. Yeah, I know it's a horrible store. name. It's horrible name. I, I a record company would call themselves there, but you know, when you sit in Denmark and you create a little label and you call Target, you don't know what Target is in America. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. And it's 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 you know what it's it's really just like it's me, and 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 the head of the company. It's just him and I that that's that have this thing and he's got two or three people, you know, working together on that. And it's a, it's a very, very little, you know, uh, business in a way that, that I almost would be uncomfortable mm-hmm. if I suddenly were dealing with a lot of people um, who next day could be losing their job, just really, or really just doing that. I actually want people to be involved with my stuff yeah. because I like my stuff. They believe in you and you believe in them. So that's the best yeah. 
partnership. Yeah. I, uh, whenever I have a, a guest on the show, I always contact the label. I try to get some CDs to give away in conjunction with the episode. And when I contacted Target, they said no. <laughs> maybe you should just contact the artist. <laughs> well, maybe I should, but I feel I feel like uh, I feel like you're you're making the art, and they're. It's really not. It's really not that big deal. I can just look over on my bookshelf and have boxes of of, of my CDs, you know, because I haven't been touring for the last two years, so they've been building up. So you and I could could for sure, you know, come up with something. You could just, you know, you'll just contact me. I'll contact on. you when we're done, and I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a day to relax uh, without hearing from me. It's it. You know what? This is just one of those things that sometimes you do something. I had met this this fan when I was in Brazil playing in uh, 2006. And, and Brazil got hit really heavily with, with the COVID and stuff like that. And he was actually an artist. And he actually asked for the permission to record Have You Ever and stuff like that. And then, you know, he's and he's collected about everything from me and stuff like that. And he says, man, you know, it's so hard to find something. I mean, you know, so I says, yeah, I, you know, do you think you could send me this? And I just decided to, to send him like one big ass care package. <laughs> him down i said you know what it doesn't cost me anything well except for just the postage yeah just go and make someone happy and man he was in tears when he got it a month and a half later um it's it's just one of those things cool uh, i and i do want to let people know right it doesn't require a lot all right well i will definitely email you about that in a couple of days i do want people to know mike tramp.dk and also Instagram at Mike Tramp official. But the number one thing I want to tell people, especially in the U.S., is go to Bandcamp, Bandcamp.com. This is where you can find all of Mike's music and download it. All these songs that I've been talking about today, you can purchase and download here in the states. Bandcamp.com. So I, th I think the greatest thing for me is is just that people aware yeah um you know but then again life moves on so i mean it's it's obviously not everyone um you know to who, who follows everyone and things like that but even though i don't follow and even though there obviously there's a lot of bands out there even from my my time in big time in rock road that i'm not fan of and stuff like that i'm still pretty aware of what they're up to right and it's not necessarily because I just I, I am a soccer for news and stuff like that, but I have a pretty good idea about most things that goes on in the world, both rock and roll and politically. It's just kind of like I just skim and I like to be current. I like to be aware. I don't want to dive deep into everything, but I probably go through 20 different news sites of in the U of the U.S. Uh, every morning when I wake up, yeah, and I just skim and I come to my own conclusion about how many have had the same, you know, front page and stuff like that. And it's just I think I have a, an obligation to tell myself that I'm current and I want to know what's going on. When was the last time that you did a show in the United States? 
in 19. I had a three months tour in the tour in 2019. 2019. Well, yeah, I hope I every year in the U.S. And I assume you get to L.A. Yeah, I played the whiskey. All right. Well, I hope to see you and say hello in person when uh, COVID's all wrapped up and you get back on the road. Yeah, no, of course. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm far from from done. No, I, I can. I know. I mean, you have a 2021. You have a new single called Everything is All Right. That's right. That's right. Everything is all right. Suddenly, quietly, blessed by the water, all you can be. Suddenly, everything is all right. Did you hear? Do you see? When you believe, then you will be free. Suddenly, everything is all right. Hey, now, you never say. Now, will that song be on the next album or is that just a single? Well, it is because, because after second time around, I came out with a limited edition, um, a double, double album. Tramthology. Tramthology. Yeah. There is a smaller version on Tranthology called Everything is All Right, and that song is on that. Okay, there you go. There you go. Most the two albums that I would have had with me when I was touring. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a two-disc version and a one-disc version. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Mike, I do have to ask you a, a little bit about White Lion because I feel like if I don't, people will be... No, no, people will be... I wouldn't be talking to you if I hadn't been, uh, if, if I hadn't started White Line. I came to America to start White Line. It was it was it was a triumph for mm -hmm. me. I'm, I'm you know, uh, it was great. I the White Line years were great and stuff like that. But as I said earlier on, we I was not able to continue with it. Right, I get it, and I would be happy to end the interview right here. But then I will get a ton of emails about why didn't you talk about white lion but that wasn't that's not my goal today that's in the past i think in all fairness as i could be talking about white line and i wouldn't have a problem right the story has been told all all information about white line how the band broke up why the band will not reunite and so and so is available right There's yes no you can find it to it so it's not that interesting of a story I just want to mention uh, 1991 main attraction. I can still remember hearing love don't come easy on the radio for the first time. And I just loved it immediately. The comes
yeah, that was a ma- that's a massive song that came two years too late. Yes, absolutely. 1991 is uh, we know what's happening in the music business in the states at that point, but just uh, and it's got a killer Vito solo. And what was it like working with Richie Zito? Did you guys pick Richie, or did the record company hand him to you? Story. I mean, uh, the Pride album and the Big Game album we've been recording with Michael Wagner. Correct. Uh, and Michael is the fifth member of the band. He was he was never really a producer in that way. He just really carried out what we were doing, leading mm-hmm. it, never interfering, never changing anything, and stuff like that. When when sort of the record company and, and stuff like that wanted something for the last album, and Richie came in. Richie was the classic producer, which there were hundreds of in LA that just came in and and followed almost a template and a textbook. But I don't think Richie ever really. I mean, Richie is a great friend, and we enjoyed it, and it was fun recording with him. But Richie was on to the next project before he was done with us yeah because he was he was um never, never ever gave us that feeling when michael worked with us there were nothing else but white lion for michael wagner and that's what you want your producer to be you want him to be like you said the fifth member or whatever however you want to refer to him okay excellent what did you think when you were making your first video because the first time i ever saw or heard white lion was definitely mtv when the song Wait came on. When you were making videos back then, was it exciting? Were you like, oh, we've made it. We're making a video. Yeah, I, I mean, by the time we record 
uh, filmed the video in the summer of 87. Uh, um, MTV obviously had been going on for about six years. Yeah. I remember, I think it was 81 or 82 MTV started. I think it was 81 or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so you can imagine how many videos, classic videos had been around by that. Right. So it was, it was just a must. It was just a natural thing you were doing and we wanted we wanted the video to represent the band in a simple matter we didn't want it to be too complicated or too and i don't think any white line videos went above that we always still were a little sort of just you know just like we also were in songwriting that the band's music comes first even though we were competing with rat Poison, Cinderella, Motley Crue, White Lion never went as far as they did with some of the videos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, your videos I mean, were, were more self, and you will see. Yeah, they're they're more performance uh, than than some. They're not great videos. They're just really a performance of the song. Yeah, no, no cheesy storylines. No, you know, no bikinis, no cherry pies, um, none of that stuff. Uh, and, and and like I said early on, that 100% represent how we were as a band. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, regardless if we love girls in bikinis and stuff like that, it, it's no matter. I didn't really want them in my video. Right. Yeah. It's to be noted that uh, James and Greg and Vito, excellent musicians, excellent, excellent musicianship. Um they're great guys. We had a great time and stuff like that. And, and and many times I have to remind myself, even though I'm the only one who are friends, which all three, they don't talk to each other. But, but you I, do. And, and, and it just goes back to who I said I was early on in my interview. I will not let, I will not go to my grave with unresolved matters. That's good. You shouldn't. And my last thing is about the second single off of Pride was Tell Me, and it only goes to number 58, and I don't understand how that's possible when Wait went to number eight, because Tell Me is a fantastic song. I th- I thought it went higher, but but n- nevertheless. Who nevertheless. Dro- but who drops the ball on not getting that promoted? Is that the label? Because you've I already done your job. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I mean, it, it tell me comes out sort of, you know, r- right before we're, uh, you know, about to tour with, with, with Aerosmith and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know when you go back and and, and it, it, if if you like I, before I said there wasn't anything to talk about white line. I mean, you know, there's obviously an, a very interesting story. Regardless of of of, um, of regarding you know the record coming Atlantic Records that it was no dance and ro- a bed of roses uh-huh. with that it, it was a, it was a struggle they did not necessarily believe in the band and was about to to uh, drop the band many times they didn't want when the children cry out as a single that was something our managers fought for and stuff like that they were very good at selling records mm-hmm. after you got the hit yeah after you got the hit. But not but promoting the hit. They didn't get the hit. You know and I wrote was the hit. Yes. 
All right, Mike, thank you so much. Let me mention to people right now, 2013, Cobblestone Street, 2014, Museum, 2015, Nomad, 2017, Maybe Tomorrow, 2019, Stray from the Flock, 2020 uh, is, um, why am I drawing a blank now, Mike? Uh, Say it again. Second Second time around. Go search these albums out. Go to Bandcamp. Try one, and then you're going to buy another, and then you're going to buy another and another. That's what happened to me. I'm so happy I did, and I'm so happy that you gave me this uh, hour of your time today, Mike. It's been my pleasure, man. I wish all interviews were like that. I'd actually be up for more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that uh, that I got you and that you had a fun time and enjoyed yourself. So everybody, MikeTramp.dk, go to Instagram at MikeTrampOfficial. And go to Bandcamp. Official. Yes. And I look forward to the next album for sure. Thank you so very much. And and you and I will just uh, stay in touch via the old version of email. Yes. And I will email you and ask for you to send me free stuff to give away. My firstborn. (laughs) If you die for me, Mike, I'll die for you. Yeah, that's the way we go. All right. Take care, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Somehow made them
sound 